Hey guys, my name is Sagan and I'm an addict. Hi, I'm Patsy and I'm an addict. And welcome back to Recovery on the Real. As you just heard, we've got Patsy with us today. Super, super excited to have her on. Um, she was one of my first picks, but you're so damn busy. Yes. <laughs> All around. I, I'm doing I'm doing something I normally don't do, and I'm recording on a weekend because she's worth it, guys. So, um, yeah, we just want to kind of hear a little bit about your story. Uh, you know, if you just want to kind of give us some background story and just kind of kind of let us know what's going on and what All who right. you are. Okay. So, um, of course, I was born to two normies. Of course. Uh, they are still together the, to this day. They are 70 years old. So I was, you know, I mean, I was brought up very loved and I wouldn't, I would say spoiled, but I didn't have like the best of everything, but I had everything. So, um, I was born and raised in Muskogee, Oklahoma. Um, went to a smaller school there called Hilldale. Um, always had school came so easy to me. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so, but I was a little bit of a, you know, wild child. I uh, experienced some traumas when I was growing up, um, molested by a cousin. And back in those days, you know, that was kind of just pushed under the rug. Yeah, you absolutely. know, we didn't really talk about it. So that was kind of hard for me to process and, you know, dealt with that later in life. But anyway, going forward, you know, my parents would let me do whatever and get away with whatever as long as I made good grades right so I'm like hey deal you know deal <laughs> because so, school came easy to you yes yeah. it did came, it came very easy, easy to me too yeah yeah so I uh, graduated pretty high in my class um partied here and there in school but nothing like really that stood out you know I would hop around from the guys on the west side of town did this and the guys on the east side of town this did this so I kind of got whatever I wanted you know right. but um Maybe a little bit of promiscuity, that's how I say it right, being promiscuous a little bit when I got a little bit older, but um, went straight into nursing school right out of high school um, and graduated as an RN at the age of 20. So I could like administer drugs to you in the ER, but I couldn't drink legally. Right. That's <laughs> so, crazy. Yeah. So, um, and then of course, when you have a college degree, uh, people like banks want to loan you money yeah. and yes. <laughs> so I had a house a little house on the east side of Tulsa I had my first sports car um that I got to drive off the lot you know and then I got all these bills to pay and so I'm rocking along you know um partying on the weekends working as a nurse doing my own thing you know um and you know I didn't I mean, I partied, but I, you know, I kind of got a little worse. You know, I would party on the nights I didn't work or party on the nights I didn't have to work the next day. Right. But then that kind of moved into partying on whenever, mm -hmm. you know, and it, you know, it didn't matter if I had to go to work. Um, just, you know, I didn't really see my, for me, my disease was just slow. And I will say another addiction I had was food. Yeah. Because, um, you know, I remember being young an obsession now now today I, I can see what that obsession was because I look back and I was like when I would wake up it was like breakfast lunch and dinner what are we having yeah like what's it gonna be mm -hmm. and then I'd be obsessing or you know like ruminating on what are we gonna have for lunch and hell I'd just done breakfast you yeah. know not you know so yep. food was really my first drug and mm -hmm. so I kind of bounced 
Um, you know, if I wasn't partying, if I had a boyfriend, then kind of food became the focus. Mm -hmm. If I didn't have a boyfriend, then I went back to partying. And just, it was just crazy. Um, my, you know, I didn't really have any responsibilities other than going to work and paying my bills, mm -hmm. you know. So, I had time to party. Um, you know, I didn't have... I didn't have kids. I got pregnant when I was 28 with my first kid. Um, but I was pretty, I was partying already then. Um, I got to the point where partying was more important. I even decided at one point in time that, hey, you know, nursing is just too much. I'm going to go ahead and just deal drugs over here on the side. Really? Yes. So um, there was a biker bar in my neighborhood, you know, where I lived in this little East Tulsa neighborhood. There was a biker bar. I had the connections. And I was just, you know, I mean, I was making lots of money. Mm -hmm. um, it was just crazy. I mean, one of my, uh, one of my dope cooks was a, is a, one of the people in, the, in, reco in recovery with me now in the program. Um, and uh, so anyway, rocking along, one day I'm at home. We're all laid out on the couch because we didn't have any product. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, back then we had these like video cameras that are like these big boxes. You can see your front yard if you had a camera out there. And I see this stuff running across my front yard. And I'm like, what in the heck? Next thing I know, the ATF is busting yeah. in my door. <laughs> and I'm like, what? No. Anyway, we go through the whole thing, you know, them busting in the door. And, I mean, I'm going to be honest. I don't have any reason to lie. We didn't have anything. Right. We were in one of those. And I look back now, and, of course, I can remember, or, well, not now, but a little while later after that, I could look back and see the who did the controlled buy on me yep. and all yep. the things, mm -hmm. just the craziness that we go through, and we think that we're so bad and cool. Yep. But yeah, I ended up getting taken to jail. You know, they tried to get me to flip on people and I'm like, okay, sure. You go, let's, let's meet up tomorrow and we'll talk about it. All you and your buddies that yep. just ran in my house, y'all go away <laughs> and we'll meet up tomorrow and we'll talk about these names you want. And they're like, that's not how this works. And I said, exactly. <laughs> That's not how this works in our world either. We're not just going to lay down exactly. and flip for you guys. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yep. I'm just like, but anyway, you know, so go to jail, get this charge. But really on paper, I still looked good. I right. was a nurse, owned my own home, never been in any trouble. So get an attorney, he works his magic, and as long as I'm good for the next three years, it's gonna, it's a deferred, it's gonna be expunged, yeah. you're all good. Yeah. So, um, during that three years of trying to, I mean, and at first it was hard. Mm -hmm. I was doing the whole, oh, am I, I couldn't stay clean for the UAs. Right. And, uh, ended up meeting this guy, and, uh, you know, smoking some stuff one day, and I'm like, oh my God, this stuff's making me sick. This stuff must be bunk. Mm -hmm. What yeah, What the hell? And then I think, oh shit, something's wrong with me. And what it was is I was pregnant. Mm -hmm. So that was my first child, and I was able to quit with my first one. Um, you know, just had the baby, Gained a ton of weight. Yeah. I gained 100 pounds because I wasn't running and gunning anymore. Mm -hmm. But I had the baby. Um, the guy, even though he's turned out to be a great dad now, right. back then wasn't too keen on working or, you know, you know, caring for her family. So I ended up moving back home with my mom. 
Um, but I had Lauren, my first one, and, you know, she was connected to my hip. Yeah. And I did pretty good. I mean, I wasn't real a happy person, you know, but I was still able to focus on my daughter and do all the things. Um, then I gained 100 pounds, and I'm 300 pounds. Because, actually, I'd probably turned to foods. I couldn't do yeah. what we do. Yeah, I did that, too. Yeah, end up getting gastric bypass surgery. Um, then... Uh, end up alcohol ends up being my thing because you can drink, take it, you get drunker and cooter brown, take a nap, wake up two hours later, and you're it's like you never drank because right. of the gastric bypass. Mm-hmm. Then find out I'm pregnant with my middle boy, and that kind of stopped that for a little bit. But um, fast forward on. You know, still still partying on the weekends, trying to be the mom. Now I'm a single mom because I left. I broke up with the first two's dad. Uh, then I meet the last one's dad because I've got three, and I end up pregnant with my youngest, um, and I end up with shingles. Mm-hmm. So my doctor, you know, and because I'm a nurse, and they trust me with taking prescription medications. Right. Even I've got shingles, and they're like, you're stre- the pain's stressing the baby out. So I just get this endless supply of narcotic pain, me- mm-hmm. pain meds and, you, and the Percocet because you're pregnant. Right. Doesn't cross the placenta. So anyway, here we go. That just set me off into a... Uh, pretty deep into addiction. Um, that really is where the first time... And I'm at this point, I'm 34, and that's where I get really deep into the any means because I'm getting a sickness mm-hmm. I have all these opiates and then the docs are wanting to give them to me anymore I have the baby um and then I am so high from having the baby and uh, and shingle still and still getting the prescriptions for that and having a c-section that I'm in a fog right so I forget to uh renew my nursing license so that remember that charge back there that's supposed to be expunged? Well, I find out real quick that it's not um, at the federal level or at OSBI, only at the local level. Oh boy! So I get in trouble with the nursing board for the first time. Um, just you know, just I know you know, and I don't really know why I was using drugs at the at the time. I wasn't happy with any of the relationships I was in. I wasn't happy with myself. I tried to focus on my kids as much as possible. Um, you know, my parents were always right there. At this point, I'm living back in Muskogee. Um, my parents have land out there. Bought me a double wide and put it on their land. Um, so they're helping a lot with the kids. They're involved, you know. Um, and I just, I'm still trying to find the next thing that's going to make me happy. The yeah. next degree. Um, I already, I'm done with the kids because I got three. Don't mm-hmm. want no more of those. The relationship is shit. You know, mm-hmm. it's not happy. It's just never knew how to have a healthy relationship to begin with. So I was miserable. Um, and so I decide, um, si- still running and gunning on these opiates. Mm-hmm. Sick, you know, trying to dump alcohol on top of it to help with the withdrawal. Yep. Uh, fighting with my old man. Ended up down in a bottle of Clonopin. Because the doctor gave me clonopin too, so I'd quit screaming at my kids during the day. I mean, just the manipulation, yeah. all the things. Yeah. So I just jumped from this drug to that drug to this thing to that thing. It was just crazy. And I, in the middle of a fight, decided to down this whole bottle of clonopin. And my 
significant other and my best friend were there and they called the ambulance and here we go. And my mom comes in and is like, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. And I'd been watching Dr. Phil because I was hoping Dr. Phil could fix me too. Mm. <laughs> 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 been through all the psychiatrists and all I, things and so now it's Dr. Phil. Yep. And Dr. Phil said, La Hacienda, <laughs> it will fix you. <laughs> My mom comes in and is like, we're taking you to the Mayo Clinic. And I'm like, no, mom, no. Dr. Phil says La Hacienda. <laughs> and I mean, within three days, me and mom are on a road trip down to Hunt, Texas. She's taking her daughter to get Dr. Phil to fix her in La Hacienda. God, Lord, love it. So, here we go. God bless moms. <laughs> let's, just, let's just put that out there. No, I will moms. say, my parents did the best the best with me as they could. Yeah. Um, with what they knew and what they had. And what they didn't know. Right. I say today, my dad is a saint, my mama is an angel, and anyone that knows them will tell you that. Yeah. And they had this little devil. And they're yeah. like, what do we do? <laughs> anyway, I mean, I did work full time from day one, you know. Um, did Got all the degrees myself. You know, my parents aren't handing me these degrees or mm -hmm. buying these degrees. Yeah. I'm putting in that work too. So, you know, we are very high functioning. We can we can get it on. We know what we're doing. Yeah. You know. Um. Anyway, so I get I go to treatment thirty days. Oh, oh, bliss! I'm telling you, it was bliss. Yeah. I mean, now they did the quick, uh, you know, medication assisted treatment uh -huh. taper. Oh. Anyway, um. So anyway, they do this taper thing. And, um, teach me how to manipulate Suboxone. Mm -hmm. Shoot a shit, mm -hmm. you know? So, that's another thing. So, anyway, but I did get the quick taper. I was off everything. I was completely clean. They, the seed of, of the program I'm in now was planted. And I'm like, yeah, cool. And I'm come back home and I rock it for about nine months. Mm -hmm. Get involved in a program in Muskogee. Uh, see my ex-dope cook who's now this big guru and GSRs and regional dude and going to area and promoting this new home group in our area and I'm like you get it boy let's go and I'm like Stan I'm thinking wait a minute if it works for him maybe yeah nah, I don't need this mm -hmm. I'm good you know and I get about nine months under my belt decide I want to go party one night get right back in it and then I thought hey but there's that suboxone stuff mm -hmm. and I so here we go manipulating doctors um partying on the weekends with my friends we can still get the good stuff have to go back to work starting to get sick again well hell we'll just wait a few hours and I can take a suboxone I'll be okay yep then I'll stop on Saturday or stop on Thursday just the insanity of it yeah the managing all the things and uh so anyway um opportunities people come arise um i have a friend come in town that moved out of the country but she's coming back for a visit trying to do all this party for her and all these people come to visit her and i had a friend that came over to see her and, and he's like man you look tired and i said i am exhausted and this at this point i had just i was still just taking a little teeny tiny bit of suboxone mm -hmm. but i couldn't get off that little teeny tiny bit i don't even want to get started on yeah. that situation but yeah so and I'm, like, exhausted, you know, spiritually spent, mm -hmm. trying to do all for everyone else. And my friend goes, hey, I got something to help you out. So here we go. We're back on the meth. Yep. 
And it started a seven-year bender that just led me to where I am today. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but... In the beginning, it's all good, right? Got all this energy, the mind's going, got all these plans, doing all these things. Losing all this weight. Yes. (laughs) So I'm going to enter into a graduate program. That's what I'm going to do. I mean, working as a nurse this whole time, right? Even went back to my, for my bachelor's degree in there. So I'm thinking, I'm going to, I'm going to go through this master's program. And I do. And I'm putting out them papers like a champ. I'm Um, sure. Yeah, and then I'm going to, uh, got to get into my clinical, so now I'm like, oh crap, I got to figure out a way to, I got to figure out a way to pass this UA. Mm-hmm. And then I did a little bit of research, and did you know that there's a legal prescription for methamphetamine? <laughs> it's called Dizosin, I think, and it's a narcolepsy drug, and the generic form of it, the generic name of it, I've got a picture to prove this. I shit you not. This is how Stop. manipulative... <laughs> And brilliant, this addict's mind is. I'm, I relate so hard. <laughs> it's so stupid. So I go to this diet doctor and yeah. I'm like, okay, well, see, I'm in college again. And I, and I, you know, when I was in college earlier, I was a little ADD. And so I think this medicine here, it's for ADD and it's also for weight loss. And I, you know, and just, and yeah. they're like, oh, yeah, I agree. Here's your script. So. Passed on using the math. Here's my script for yep. my past, my failed UAs. Just wow. Yep. You know, but I rocked it right on through all my clinicals, my graduate program, graduated with honors, have to take a national certification, smoking a bowl in the parking lot, mm-hmm. going in and passing that thing. I mean, just yeah, crazy. Yeah. The whole the whole time. Real. I mean, not that I didn't have respect. For my licensure, but I mean that was just me. Just I mean the rules didn't apply to me as long as still as long as I did everything right on the career on the on the, on the outside on the education. Yeah. You know I should be excused for my little drug problem that mm-hmm. I have. Anyway, so I mean you know just I don't know. So after that I did get a little bit of a big head. Um, now I'm a nurse practitioner. Now I can write scripts. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I'm making a lot more money. Uh, so I'm going to shuck baby daddy number two. We don't need him anymore. He's a pain in my ass. Right. So we shuck him, deal with all the psychotic stuff there, decide I'm going to hook up with this dude. And I'm working the whole time as a nurse practitioner. 13 years younger than me. Go off to Vegas, get married, tripping on acid. I mean, just insanity and i'm in my mid 40s at this point dude like uh partying it up you were just doing the most (laughs) you were doing the most you know oh my god just living my best life (laughs) you know and then um and then but it came a day you know and then i i had a nanny i had an office manager I decide that, you know, these poor people out here that are addicted to all these drugs, I'm going to learn. I'm going to go do this extra training so that I can prescribe Suboxone. You know, because these people have a problem, but I don't. I'm just going to smoke my meth in my office. I'm going to go ahead and prescribe Suboxone to these poor opiate addicts out here. Because I used to be one, see? But I- <laughs> you kicked that one real quick, though, didn't you? I mean, is that... Like you do hot rails in your office? <laughs> well, yes, however... <laughs> We had been, I mean, you know, we advanced even past that. Yeah, and so, yeah. 
You know, I do. I've got, you know, and I can relate so well to these poor people that have opiate addictions that I also want to give them a job. So now they're managing my practice for me while I'm smoking my meth. What? I'm sorry, I don't want oh, to laugh, but like... What? <laughs> Making all this money while I, I'm yeah. doing it, you know? And I'm just thinking, I am balling. Yeah. You know, and I've got both dad. At this point, you know, I lived in Muskogee, so my older two kids wanted... They, their dad lived in Broken Arrow, and they wanted to go to... I mean, they and they're both brilliant. Even right. though my daughter, she is... She graduated top 3% of Broken Arrow. So those two kids were leaving with their dad so they could go to a better school. Mm -hmm. um, my youngest was still with me, but I was working so much when I split up with his dad. His dad kept, he wanted to stay with his dad because his mm -hmm. dad was taking him to school and doing all the things because mama was working all day. Right. So I'm not even, I don't even have my kids. I mean, I do, but I don't. Right. Um, and so just... The insanity of it all. It just got worse and worse. We partied more and more. I continued to work, but the meth quit working for me the way mm -hmm. I was doing it. So, and it, you know, that was one of my nevers. And I always yep. said I would never, if I ever got, I would never, I'm never going to get in trouble with the Board of Nursing and I'm never going to use the, use that way. Yeah. And yep. I ended up, <sighs> some dude, we're just going to try this once and then we're not going to ever try it this way again. Yeah. So, um, within, and I get my, I have my own, I, you know, the, the people in and out of my house, I'm getting a little nervous, mm -hmm. you know, my, uh, my office manager who's supposed to be taking her Suboxone as prescribed is really selling it mm -hmm. and doing heroin. Right. Um, my nanny, he's just doing meth and high as hell and cleaning my house and <laughs> taking my kids to school when I have them and, and we're good. And... You know, I'm just like, you know, there was one day that I walked in and I was like, and I gave them eight balls as bonuses for Christmas. It was just. Where the hell were you? <laughs> Where was you? <laughs> Best ball you know, ever. You know, and I'm just like, you know, but really the whole time I was always watching over my back. I was always yeah. scared that I was going to, you know, and they were all real paranoid and I would be over here like, are you sure? But I was still scared. I was having to put up this facade at work, you know. I mean, I still, I was, I was, I don't want to say where, but I was a medical director at a facility that had a treatment side of mm -hmm. it and had another side of it. And um, then I also had my own practice a little bit. I did hospice nurse practitioner work. I mean, I had like five jobs because I would do more stuff to get, to keep the energy going, to continue yeah. to go. But all these people around me and all the time they were all high and doing their thing. And, I, you know, my, my motto was just come live in Patsy's functional addiction world. But you have to have a sandwich and a nap every 24 hours because we have to keep the psychosis away. Okay? And it, it works for me. Let's manage our expectations a little bit. Can we get on a no, schedule? Because that would really help. Yeah. <laughs> right? Anyway, yeah, that was my world. And, you know... um, and I ended up, I ended up doing it that way. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it was like, whoa. It was also a financial decision. Yep. I was using so much. Mm -hmm. And when you start doing it that way, when you you're smoking it, yeah. you know, we're going through a hay ball a day. Yeah. When you're doing it that way, maybe a grand, I mean, not in the beginning, it was like, right. ah, I mean, yeah. you know. Yep, yep. And you're thinking, oh, I'm not using there as much as it was. 
Yeah. Well, within nine months to a year, my life was over. Yeah. As I knew it. Yeah. Um, there was a DEA sting in my office. I had gotten in my own private office. The word had gotten out that you can go to Patsy and she'll write you a script if you trade shit for her. And I'm like, wait a minute. Where was I on this since, <laughs> on this decision process? Because I had my own connection. I didn't need anyone else's. <laughs> right. You pay me the money for the script, and I go to my own connection and write right. it. But anyway, um, shooting up in my office, just crazy, and writing suboxing for people. And so, and a, a cop came and did an undercover sting in my office, posed as a patient, tried to get me to write him a script of Xanax and, and trade it for meth, which I wrote him a script of Xanax, but it was very low. Mm-hmm. Um, I looked him up on all the data banks. There was no red flags on him because it was a fake name. Right, right. Um, so I, I was kind of pausing, but not to the point where I wasn't going to write him anything. He paid cash. Mm-hmm. He tried to propose things to me, and I was like, no, because I didn't know this guy. Yeah, yeah. You know, but the insinuation was there, and I was kind of like, yeah, you know, get with my office manager if you want to make a follow-up appointment, but we ain't doing anything like that right yeah. now. And so I insinuated it was possible. Mm-hmm. Well, the next day, they served me with my DEA suspension, where I can't write for narcotics anymore. Mm. Not to mention, you know, I'm writing my own... I'm writing my own uh, antibiotics for abscesses I have mm-hmm. on me. I'm writing... You know, Valium, so I can calm down and deal with these idiots around me. And yep. everybody kind of liked lean. Yeah. So I was kind of making, that's the Finnegan codeine. So yep. I was kind of making some shady deals on the side. But the whole shit for scripts thing mm-hmm. that got out in my name was not quite accurate. But that's the one thing that got you. <laughs> <laughs> but and whatever got me, got me. Because yep. I was going to kill myself. Yeah. Or... Either that or being or writing scripts for the cartel. One or the mm-hmm. other. I was mm-hmm. you know, my net anyway. So they come and shut me down, serve me these papers. Um, but my DEA license was fixing to come up for renewal. Mm-hmm. So instead of renewing it, I just let it expire. So then they don't have any jurisdiction over me because they suspended my DEA license. I'm supposed to go to this hearing. Well, hey, I just I don't need it anymore, so I'm just going to let it expire. So then they don't have any jurisdiction over me. So they decide to come after me criminally. And the next thing I know, they're busting into my house. I'm off on a job doing some Medicare stuff. And I can see in my house on my phone, because i got the ring camera and Mm -hmm. all all the things. Yep. And I see all these agents in my house. And I'm like, what the fudge? Anyway... Needless to say, I'm like, hmm. So, and then I come home, there's nothing. And then they actually yanked the surveillance camera so I couldn't see anything else. And I'm like, I was a little freaked out, to say the least. Yeah, I would be. I come back home, they've destroyed my house. Right. Um, but there were no drugs there because I took them with me. See, I'm not this. <laughs> <laughs> now, there's paraphernalia. I give them that. And my ex-husband had some shrooms off in the garage somewhere, like, uh, right. in his own area. So, they could... Anyway, there wasn't anything there. Mm-hmm. I had it all with me. So, and I don't hear anything from them for a while. Well... So, wait, they they kicked in your door. They did a I raid. wasn't there. You yes. weren't there. Mm-hmm. They didn't find anything. So, they just left? So, they just left. 
And no, 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 no. Like, well, the search warrant was oh, there. Oh, okay. I was going to say. <laughs> the, so, but there was no arrest warrant. Right. Just a search warrant. Right. And I'm thinking, okay. And the, of course, I'm thinking, ha, 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 ha. Right. You know? <laughs> the same thing in my office. When right. they came to my office, there was nothing there. Yeah. There was a little bit in my purse, which they didn't find. Mm-hmm. My office manager happens to walk in in the middle of that raid, and she had some in her purse, but mm-hmm. that's not me. Right. You know, so again, I'm like, hey, 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 hey. <laughs> you know, so I'm also having this custody shit with my son at the time, my youngest, and his dad, because his dad, God love him, is crazy and whatever as he is, he could see that I was off the rails. And he didn't want his kid around all that. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, he was still very mad at me for leaving him, but... Um, so, I'm going down to the courthouse to a hearing, and mm-hmm. I'm walking through the uh, metal detectors, and I had forgotten that I had had this metal thing that was a hidey thing in my purse with some stuff in it. Yeah. <sighs> it was only a very small amount, but they arrested That's me. That's all you need. Right there on the spot. Yeah. And I'm like, and my attorney, who's my... Family attorney was also my criminal attorney. I had her on retainer because my ex-husband was a mess. Just all the insanity. And she's like, okay. So when I, she's like, I'll meet you over at the jail. We'll get you bonded out. When I go to bond out, they're like, by the way, did you know you had eight felony charges on here? And I'm like, excuse me? It, hell, what? <laughs> so these yahoos came back and charged me with eight Felonies, and I'm talking like possession with intent, felony amount, um, maintaining a dwelling where shit's going on, felony, conspiracy, felony. Um, I mean, you can look me up; yeah. they're all there. Oh my hey. god! And I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah, there were no drugs found. There was no. I mean, I, they thought I was some big kingpin, but there was no money found. There was mm-hmm. no drugs found. The shit for scraps. The Where's all the money? Where's yeah. all the drugs? So, yeah. Um, so even without all that stuff, they were still able to charge you? Yes. I And I'm like, I'm still in like total shock. Um, like, what the hell? Like, um, wow. And so, long story short, I get a malpractice attorney. I had malpractice insurance mm-hmm. at the time, so he helps me with all the DEA and the board of nursing stuff. My criminal attorney helps me with all my criminal stuff. They want me to go into women in recovery or drug court. And I'm like, no. Mm-hmm. Ain't no. I mean, no. That's not an appropriate whatever for me. So I'm like, hey, why don't you let's all make each other look real good. You'll get your man, and but then I'm going to be rehabilitated through the Board of Nursing in our peer program. How about that? And they're like, oh, that's a good idea. That's a win-win. <laughs> not, no, did I, I did not know what I was getting myself into. So, but they agreed, and they ended up, my attorney got everything dropped except for the conspiracy mm-hmm. and using a cell phone to conspire. And then the misdemeanor paraphernalia charge or some shit. But um, it's all wrapped into one case, so it's a three-year deferred. But the one of those stipulations is that I graduate the peer program. Right. Well, graduating the peer program has become... Sorry. 
graduating the peer program has become difficult mm -hmm. um, because I have to get a job as a nurse practitioner, but no one wants right. to handle the extra supervision that's required through the peer program. Um, so, it's, I mean, it's been a crazy, wild ride. Um, the peer program did accept me. I'm currently, and at first they wouldn't even let me work. So I went in, I started working as a, lost everything, house, fixing the foreclothes on. My parents are like, look, we'll pay for your attorney, but that's it. We're, you're not, we're not helping you can't stay in your house. Like they've kind of bailed me out in, in times before. Yeah. Um, the house was gone. The car was gone. The career's gone. And I'm like. Oh, well, and the COVID had hit. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, well, it'll look really good to the judge if I go off, to, if I go to a treatment myself. I'm just going to go to treatment myself. So we, I'm going to find a professional's treatment. That's what I'm going to do here, right? You know, because I'm not, I'm not going to go to You're one not of one of those people. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm going to find me a professional treatment. Well, COVID had hit. This place tells me that they're professional I get there. They want to sequester me all by myself for a week. I'm like, are you lost your mind? I'm not, I cannot be in a room by myself where they're shoving food under the door. I'm like, this is like jail. Was it really? Yeah. Oh my God. And it was like out in Ohio somewhere. Like it was like deliverance. I was like an hour from the, and I, I'm like, what have I gotten myself into? And this is all voluntary, right? right so I'm like, right. I pull my diva card. I'm like, get me that heck out of here mm -hmm. no they dropped me off at a restaurant in the middle of this little bitty bohonkin town and says the bus will be here tomorrow and i'm like i'm what anyway i'm just like get me home just get me home i'm calling my mom tripping costs a hundred bucks to uber to the airport because it's that far and i i get home and my my poor parents are fixing to go on vacation and I'm like, you can't leave me here. My <laughs> life is over. I'm like, what? Ah. So I end up going on this three-week RV trip with my parents. Shut you go with? Because <laughs> they're like, well, we don't know what to do with you. Just get in the, just get in the RV. We're going. It's like me and my parents. That's real. It's so funny. <laughs> you know, but I tell you what, that was the most beautiful trip I've ever had. Yeah. You know, there's... There's no drugs to be found with them. And we're off halfway across the country. It was so beautiful, you know, and I'm thinking I'm just going to sleep through this whole thing. No, I'm like bouncing up, going jogging with my dad every morning. Mm -hmm. We just had an amazing time. And it was really probably my first spiritual awakening, awakening that I'd ever had before I even know, knew what those were. Right. You know, um, I went to college with my sponsor that I have now. We partied so hard together, did all the things together. I introduced her and her husband, like I used to date his brother. So my dope cook, like I said, regional dude, doing mm -hmm. all the things. He used to like email, or he used to message me everything. How you doing, girl? Every now and then, I'd be like, I'm great. Don't you see? Can't you see everything that I've got and I've accomplished? <laughs> and then he was like, okay. And so every few months, you know, so then it's all over the news. I'm busted all over the news. Yes. Talks about they had a sting and this nurse practitioner and she's doing shit for scripts. And then the <laughs> attorney general is like, and, and for a drug dealer to pose as a healthcare professional is just a travesty. And I'm like, <laughs> excuse me? 
green. I know. How dare you? I mean, I'm, I would be offended. I was mortified. I, I would be very offended. Yeah. Don't ever read Facebook. You get plaster all over the news, by the way, the remarks and stuff. Oh, I'm oh sure. Oh, my gosh. I'm sure. But anyway, my sponsor, her husband, and my old note cook, who are all in the program I'm in now, saw me on TV. So I get the whole message from my dope cooks. How are you really doing? Now, <laughs> right. I'm like, I need her number. I know you got her number. <laughs> so I get a hold of her, my sponsor today, and I'm like, help me, please. And she's like, all right. And I tell her I'm fixing to go on this trip with my parents. And she tells me to this day, I was like, okay, yeah, whatever. You go on your little trip, and we'll see you when you get back. But the minute I got back, I'm like. Where do I go? What yeah. do I do? Just tell me. I mm-hmm. I can't live like this no more. That was my rock bottom. They've taken my license from me. I can't work. That was my identity. Just tell me what to do. Yeah. Just tell. I see you. I know you've got over 10 years now clean. Just tell me what to do. Mm-hmm. And I trusted her. I knew her. I knew her life before. I saw. I see her life now. Yeah. And I'm like, just tell me what to do. And I did it. Everything that she has told me to do. It took me about nine months to get rid of the toxic relationship that I came into the program with. Yeah. But that was two years and nine months ago. Okay. So I've been single for the past two years, working on me, um, just not willing to get into that. I mean, I'm willing to be friends with guys, yeah. but I'm not willing to go anywhere else. Yeah. Um, doing everything, working. So I've got, I've finished a whole round of steps. I've gotten into service. She would give me names of people because I was still living in Muskogee with my parents. And so I was going to all the different things, you know, driving all over the place, trying to get to meetings, listening to speaker tapes on YouTube, Mm -hmm. like just couldn't listen to rock music because it reminded me of the using, good old using days. Couldn't listen to the country music because it reminded me of the toxic idiot that I went through a bunch of crap with. Yep. Um, so speaker tapes, it was, mm-hmm. I'm listening to, to recovery stories that helped me. Um, but I've just jumped, I mean, head first, feet first into this program and I haven't looked back. Yeah. You know, I was the little town, Muskogee, we had two meetings a week when I first started back into the program. Um, the GSR of that group kind of saw that I was on fire and was like, Hey, you want to be? alternate gsr and i'm like what is that back at and back then we were still doing area of my program on zoom Mm -hmm. and he was like you just gotta go to area when i can't and uh you know do all the business stuff for this program i'm like all right sure so they vote me in at group c and then he stands up i resign (gasps) i'm like listen I probably would have right. said yes, but why you got to be shady? <laughs> so that was kind of like my first experience with service work in the pro in the program. Right. I mean, I mean, you know. But anyway, I didn't let that deter me. You know, I just jumped right in. Um, the meeting where I'm at the of the program we do is in the in Muskogee has grown. Um, I'm also outreach chair now in my program, and we went down there to see them to see their meeting and. It's grown. There was a ton of people there. I was, you know, because, you know, I stayed in that down there and did service work down there for two years. But when I started cussing 
people in my mind and even sometimes in their face when they come walking in the meeting it's like maybe it's time to move around you know so i'm getting you know that's exactly where i'm at right now so yeah yeah, i get it yeah absolutely you know so but i mean my recovery life is just my i'm just doing the deal losing my career was my slap in the face Mm -hmm. was my reality check was my you know my parents and their and my kids dads i'm so sorry you're good my parents and my kids' dads have always been there to pick up when I've been slacking off. Mm-hmm. You know, so the threat of me losing my kids was never a threat. Right. Um, you know, it's just like, uh, so those relationships, but the disappointment of, you know, I was on the news. You know, my kids yeah. were in high school. Um, you know, seeing the disappointment on my parents' face, um, seeing the disappointment on my dad's face, man. Just, you know, I mean, kills me. He used to be so proud of the fact that his daughter was a nurse practitioner. And now, and it was, I was only, only got to practice for about five years before it, you know, all tanked and off in the ditch I drove it. Um, I just, but today those relationships are beautiful. My kids are always wanting to come see me. They know that when mom says she's going to be there at this certain time, mom's going to be there at this certain time. Yep. They used to always rag on me about, you know, oh, yeah, mom says she's coming. It's going to be like three or four hours, you know, tweaker time. Yeah, yeah. You know. Um, or not show up at all. Right. Yeah. You know, um, just trying to hide from everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, not wanting to be involved because you don't want them to see that side of you. Not even having time. Yeah. Or just I, not wanting the responsibility. Right. Yeah. You know, so I just... I'm just trying to do the thing, you know, the, the part about my career, I'm working as an RN right now. I have the potential, I have the ability to keep my NP, my nurse practitioner license intact. However, I just got notified not too long ago and investigated again by the board that because I have the Fed see deferred convi- or deferred sentences of felonies as convictions. So a conviction gets you on a Medicare, Medicaid exclusion list, which is like career suicide for a nurse practitioner. It means I can't bill, I can't participate in or bill Medicare or Medicaid. And they hit me with eight years that I'm supposed to be on this list. However, the way you get on this list, it says is a felony conviction related to drugs. I don't have any felony convictions. Right. So I'm having to dump out all this money for an attorney to fight that. Mm-hmm. It messes with my program because how am I going to get a job to be? It's just yeah, all the can. I mean, these programs really aren't set up to help you get through them. Like the boredom nursing program is to protect society from people like me. Right. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So they're not like really set up to help us get through. Um, but. Through this program and my sponsor, I just live today. Today mm-hmm. I have an apartment. I am self-supporting with my day-to-day bills. I have a job as an RN. I mean, my responsibility and my skills that I've displayed clean at this current job, they're like, you have a job here until they yank your license. We don't care what anyone else says. We don't even care what the feds say. Because the job I happen to be doing right now has nothing to do with any kind of billing part. I'm an administrative right. position. Mm-hmm. So, um, they're like, and if they do pull your license, you still have a job here. It just won't be in a licensed position. Right. You know, I've really gained, you know, those kind of relationships, all the relationships in the program. But I really, truly, if this program wasn't here, there's no way I could live just for today. I would have given up and said... 
Why? There's no point. Why? Yeah. yeah. Everything's over. Why should I even, why not just go out with a bang and continue partying and all that? You know, yeah. only through this program do I continue to have trust, faith, um, faith in myself, mm -hmm. respect for myself. Um, and even if, even if, even if it happens and I can't work in the medical field ever again or I can't be a nurse, I'm going to be okay. But only because of this program, only because I've built the relationships and the tribe that I have in this program today that I can rely on and fall back on. And, like, you know, my tribe won't let me sit in self-pity and won't let me sit. You know, they're like, come on, girl. Yep. We're going. We're meeting, <laughs> convention, camp out. What are we doing? We're doing it tonight. Where are we going? Let's go. Put your big girl panties yes. on and let's go. <laughs> you know, and... So anyway, I don't, you know, I don't know what my future holds. I have no idea, and that's really hard for me. Sitting still yeah. is so hard for me, like so hard. If I have a goal or a path, then I'm good. Right. You know what I'm saying? If I can see where I'm going, then it's, it's fine. But right now, I feel like I'm walking through life. I don't know where I'm going. And right. so it's the, the lessons of trust and faith. And doing the next right thing and just knowing it. My sponsor keeps telling me that um, you just keep doing what you're doing, girl, and it's all going to work out. And that's why sometimes she's like, that's all I got for you. I don't know. It's like, <laughs> exactly. Like, I don't know. You know, I don't know what else to Because she's like, man. I mean, I so many people are like. And sometimes I feel like, sometimes I feel like I am different. But ultimately, I'm not. Right. I mean, ultimately, and I have to remember that. I have to bring myself back around to that, you know, that humility that and the anonymity. I am just another addict in the rooms. I yeah. am just, and you know, but um, sometimes I do feel like I'm different because I had everything and I lost it all. Mm -hmm. And to have to build it back yeah. is so difficult. You know, so many people come in here broken and then they they start you know getting better and they start building all this stuff and they get to just take off and i'm over here like i want to take off yeah again i yeah. want to take i want to be back and yeah. i can't i have to sit still yep and i have to just keep putting one foot in front of the other and just keep doing the damn thing and just like i said have trust and faith and man this just for today lesson this just for today journey this surrender powerlessness whoo there's a certain there's a certain freedom that comes with acceptance though right there is um like either way like it could go this way or it could go that way like either way you know i i accept it for what it is but getting to that point <sighs> It's so and hard. I am there because, and I, the only reason I know that I'm there is because I, it hasn't defeated me. Yeah, I'm not defeated. Exactly. I'm yeah. still every day doing the next thing and in, in my recovery and in service. And yeah, I get a little attitudey, Judy, and bitchy here and there, mm -hmm. and I'm like and judgy and all the things. But I have awareness of that today, and I talk to my sponsor yep. about it. I'm fixing to work a tradition mm -hmm. so that maybe I can learn a little bit more of the unity and the unconditional love and patience and tolerance that I need to have for the newcomer because that's kind of yeah. where I'm at mm -hmm. in my recovery and I do I get a little judgy and I get a little jealous and I get all the things but I have to remember that that's their journey this is your journey you know this is you're meant to do this yeah. you are meant to help other addicts and whatever that looks like 
you know, what today it's just today it's outreach. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. That's what it is today. And, and maybe in the future, my position can move into some kind of treatment center or some kind of, of facility in my, where my role can help addicts because that's what my job, my, my boss right now is pushing for that because the, the, I work for an Indian tribe and they have a whole bunch of money and they're wanting to start one. And she's like, girl, you would be perfect with whatever they, wherever they can put you in yeah. that. You know, wherever it won't interrupt with all the whatever, Medicare, Medicaid stuff. You could be in education. You could be in training. You could be in multiple parts of that without actually being what they consider billing under my whatever, right. you know. And so so for me today, I just continue to do the best that I can do at the current job I'm at because it's, I'm, I'm seeing there. I'm mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm seeing that I'm, and people, they look at me like, I, you know, like, I don't know how you, how you can continue to do it, but I can continue to do it because I'm in recovery today. Yeah. And I use all the tools that I've been given. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm happy. Mm-hmm. Even though I've faced all these struggles and I have all these things that, you know, I'm dealing with, I don't have a monkey on my back. I don't, I'm not worried about being arrested. I'm not worried about... Just all, I'm not worried about finding the means and the ways and all the ways to get more and, mm-hmm. and that, and I don't, and that in itself and the obsession has been lifted throughout all this process, you know, drugs are the last thing that I, I mean, the only time I talk about it is when I share my story. Right. You yeah. Know, I don't, they never cross my mind. Using is just not an option to me, you it, know. Um, it's not. I'm really glad that you said that because the further away that I get from, you know, the initial, uh, depravity and depredation def degradation degradation thank you i was like hold on i started buffering (laughs) the uh the further away i get from my addiction is like the less i do think about it right and so now being mentally ill when i do fall apart because i still fall apart sometimes um and that's okay it's okay to fall apart as long as you pick yourself back up and you know you don't stay stuck in it um but using is never on my mind Right. And I went through a mental health episode, too. I did. I was, um, like, I'm in the mental health care professional. I know about the PHQ-9 questionnaire, and I and I, I flunked, flunked that questionnaire. I was not getting up to go to work. I was calling mm-hmm. in. I didn't want to shower. I was hopeless. I was all the things. Yep. And so I knew... I knew the questions already, and I knew that I was absolutely flunking that thing right now. Mm-hmm. And it was after, you know, my pink cloud had, had right. you know, I was, and when I first came in recovery, I was on, let's do it, we're going, mm-hmm. you know. But that depression, and I don't know if it was just a crash, but I knew, and I knew myself, it was time to seek outside help. Yeah. And as long as I'm honest with my primary care provider and... You know, her and I have worked together. Yeah. I she, I mean, she used to keep this little sticky thing on, with my clean date on her computer screen Aww. so that she could, because she was so proud of me, yeah. you know, of coming in and being completely honest. And that's how we do it today. So I'm not, I'm, I'm not mad about it. I will say I'm on an antidepressant. Yeah. And it was a game changer. Yeah, same. It was a game changer. Like, I... I get I can handle stuff today. I get up. Mm-hmm. I have the motivation to get up and do my daily day. Now, do I get sad and frustrated and stressed and all the things? Yes. But it, that's where my recovery can step in and help mm-hmm. me deal with that. But at that point, 
when I wasn't getting out of bed. I was on the verge of risking getting in trouble at work because I can having all the you know the thoughts in my head. How can I call in today? How yeah. can I get out of? How can I figure? How can I manipulate to stay in bed today? Right. Yeah. You know when that started coming and how and when's the last time you took a shower, Patsy? Mm-hmm. Okay. Something's wrong here. Yeah. It's time, you know, this is not something that just recovery is going to help. Right. You know? So I definitely believe in that. Definitely. I mean, you know, the open communication and honesty with my, my doctor and much better today. Yeah. Like, you know, back on the right track. So. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so I'm just going to say this. There were so many similarities between your story and mine. Um, Minus the master's degree. But like, (laughs) like, yeah, there were so many similarities that it was just, it's just so crazy. So that, you know, when they say to look for the similarities and not the differences, Mm -hmm. you know, I completely understand that. Um, Because I have not heard your story. And, um, but you're one of those women that's like in the rooms that are actually doing it and you're Mm -hmm. part of it and you're, you show up. You know what I mean? And now that I'm going, kind of going through something, I guess similar, just being around the same people too much. Mm -hmm. Like I need to expand, I need to do something different. Being able to go to you and with outreach and like be able to go to different cities and to different meetings and to meet new people and different addicts and you know, all this stuff. It's just, it's helped me kind of get over this hump that I'm in right now. Mm -hmm. um, Or slump. The slump that I'm in right now, English saying, I can't talk today. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to say thank you so much for taking the time to to be on this. No problem um, with me because that was amazing. <laughs> well, thank you. Very entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, guys, we're gonna go ahead and wrap up. Um, we love you. If you need anything, please feel free to reach out to me. You guys know how to get a hold of me. And uh, thank you again, Patsy, so much. You're welcome. Thank you. Bye, guys. Bye.